<laughs> my audio looking deep fried, brother. <laughs> my, my voice doesn't usually go down here, so let's use it while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to BBL 105.0 FM, the only <laughs> weed radio station on 420. Welcome to Manly Men with COVID. <laughs> I have COVID. That's why there's less episodes right now. <laughs> John sound, got a little better sick. now. I am better now in many ways. You should have heard him the other day. It sounded like Donald Duck. It sounded like... <laughs> I can't do a Donald yeah, Duck. Yeah, no. It's, it's, I don't even know what they were doing back then to make that voice. <laughs> they drugs. were on some different shit. They Over were drinking the counter the co- hard drugs. Yeah. <laughs> cocaine in it. Yeah. Yeah. They were drinking that cocaine wine. That shit looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coca-Cola with the cocaine in it got me vibrating. They must have been staying <laughs> back in the 20s. When did they take it out? Yeah. Imagine if, if Twitter existed back then. Like you would have had some all-time posts. Just a guy like writing 20 posts in five minutes because he drank three Cokes with cocaine in them. <laughs> Somebody posting a picture of Teddy Roosevelt with like a, a, a large game animal that he killed. Uh, folks, this is a yikes for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> or or go I was thinking the other way like it's like 1945 and he's like men don't do this anymore <laughs> Shoot like, they definitely still do yeah no I, not that's as the other much. funny thing like I've, I've never seen one thing that they've supposedly taken away from you I mean like there have been funny leftist ones I agree with but like mm-hmm. every time they're like galas or big game hunting I'm like you could still do all that shit man you go to <laughs> Saudi Arabia and like, you could probably get into a professional league for half that stuff. I'm trying to do big game hunting at a Midwest Walmart. <laughs> it's the most dangerous game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how have you guys been? It's been a little while. <laughs> <laughs> been pretty good. Enjoying some beautiful weather, beautiful allergies, but not too bad. Yeah. It was hot. Now it's cold again. Uh-huh. It's yeah. all fucked up. It was 80 Global. degrees and then it snowed here in Michigan. Oh my God. In yeah. April? In That's ridiculous. April. Oh, by the way, it's 420. We're recording on 420. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It is 420. Blaze it. That's <laughs> that if you're pen. smoking along at home, today's the day. Yeah. This is your moment to hit the bong hard. The one day out of the year that it's legal to smoke and listen to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, go. Yeah, I've mostly been doing edibles because my throat's all fucked up, but I am hitting my weed pen a little bit more. Nice, now. nice. That's my problem. When I get sick, uh, I just keep vaping hmm. and it probably makes it longer for me to recover from being sick. But what are you supposed to do? Not be high and just suffer for hours and yeah, not be <laughs> nicotined out, you know, mm, like, nicotine too. On. yeah, that's tough. What am I supposed to start dipping? <laughs> oh, I did. I did try those Zen pouches. Uh, They're actually, if you have to fly on a plane, you don't want, and you sit next to some nosy lady. Did you like say I, you I were partaking I was in Zin I was like, pouches? I was being very... No, Zin. Z-Y-N. Mm-hmm. So I was once on a plane. Mm-hmm. This was many years ago. I, I was uh, still Z on Z is Jules. not the letter of the Lord. Jewel vapes at that point. So I would like very discreetly in my sleeve hit my jewel vape in the air. And uh, this lady turns to me like just fucking, you know, middle-aged Karen type. And she's like, excuse me, is that a vape? Like... No, it's an inhaler. I have asthma. <laughs> and she like gave me a scowl, but she couldn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like, you know, I'll just, uh, the, the pouches are nice because it's not tobacco. It's just nicotine salts. It's the same thing that's in vapes. Oh, wow. It just you're like not inhaling it into your yeah. lungs. You're absorbing it in your gums. No, you're just eating delicious salts all day. <laughs> 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 Nothing I like better than a mouthful of salts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you go to someone's basalt. house and they're like, 
you want some chips and dip and you like take a tortilla chip and dip it in salsa and then your whole head starts vibrating and he's like oh shit i gave you the nicotine salted chips <laughs> i forgot you don't use nicotine so it's really strong for you and it's going to make you vibrate oh i gotta sort my bags out i got the nicotine chips mixed up with the dimethyltryptamine chips <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know so what I does this look you... like just like a little pouch of yeah, salt it's just a little white pouch oh yeah it's like oh it has individual are these like dissolvable packets or you just like open the packet and pour it in your mouth or something no you just put the packet in your lip like it's a pouch of tobacco it's a little white pouch that you use for chemical stimulation okay (laughs) okay lemmy okay uh okay ozzy osborne (laughs) wild man over here (laughs) i'm exactly that cool yeah (laughs) yeah i bet i bet some zoomer on tiktok is torn open a zin pouch and snorted the contents i'm sure a zoomer on tiktok has ended up in the hospital yeah i believe that (laughs) (laughs) it's mostly what they do i assume (laughs) no but i mean like if you if you uh so if you pop one in it's like you know you completely lose the urge to vape sure you get the nicotine you can chill out. You can I, I do that your, by wishing a on a genie's magic lamp. And you it know, you visit it, visiting grandma. You don't want to vape in front of her. You just pop one of those and you're still getting your nicotine. Mm-hmm. Oh, grandson, are you chewing gum? Spit that out. <laughs> no, grandma. <laughs> you know gum it's, is my, a it's my nicotine salt bag that I keep in my lip. The only <laughs> thing is Future my, old lady. My, my grandmother is so blind that like she can't even tell if I'm vaping. Mm. You just do it on your sleeve or do it subtly. Oh, just yeah, do yeah. it right in front of her. <laughs> just blow it in her face she don't know she's ancient she's like a billion years old <laughs> why am i smelling mint all of a sudden am i okay should i go to the hospital <laughs> that that was such like a like um you know what about people who don't like their grandmothers right like uh covid the media promised that we would kill like you you don't want to you don't want to walk down the street without double masking do you you're gonna mm. kill your grandmother and then like well, where was the where were all the shitty grandmothers dying that I was promised? Mm-hmm. You know, it <laughs> yeah, seems that, like all the yeah. shitty grandmothers are still alive, and only the good grandmothers died. Yeah, because yeah, they were rich, they had money. They're still here. <laughs> That's the number one. People are always like, "This mm. is my bug out bag. I'm going to use this to survive in the event of a tragedy or a disaster." And I'm like, "There better be a billion dollars in that bag." <laughs> 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 I can think of nothing else that will help you. Yeah, more like a few hundred thousand. Yeah, I remember like that those kind of stats that it's like. Just as simple as like the the smaller like living quarters people lived in, the harder it was to like avoid catching COVID from like family members and friends uh-huh. and shit. And so the more COVID you caught, and you probably worked a shittier job, or you were yeah. more likely to get COVID in the first place. Yeah, and it was, was all, COVID it was, was supposed to kill off all the boomers, and then we were all supposed to get cheap cheap houses mm. because of that that no. didn't happen that was a fucking lie it did it, it, it was supposed to kill a bunch of poor people just like everything else fucking does yeah and it did do that i mean it also got some rich people a couple of notable ones like ben carson which yeah yeah I was just thinking <laughs> ben carson. r.i.p stan to a real I one <laughs> i mean honestly if he hadn't gotten into politics he could have gone out on top everyone would have loved him he was an award-winning mm-hmm. neurosurgeon that is an objectionably and an unquestionably good thing to be. Probably yeah, I kind of forgot much, about his like prior career. It's so funny how like how terrible his political opinions are, and just like how stupid. It's like the ultimate example of how being incredible at something, even if it's literally brain surgery or neurosurgery, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't actually matter. You could just be a dipshit in every other aspect of life. He was so, such a funny guy when he was. It, it's so sad that we lost him because it's such like you hear him talk. 
You're like, mm-hmm. how is this guy a brain surgeon? <laughs> it's also yeah. really funny because before he got active in politics, they made a movie about him called Gifted Hands, oh, the yeah, Ben yeah. Carson story, starring Cuba Gooding Jr. as <laughs> Ben Carson. <laughs> And I think I've never seen it, but I think about it all the time. <laughs> you want to catch ima- these gifted hands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine Cuba Gooding Jr. just like watching Ben Carson make political speeches, and he's like, "Come on, man! Every time you do this, you're ruining that movie for people. No one's gonna want to go back and watch it if you're a fucking dipshit." Yeah, I don't think Cuba Gooding Jr. is too worried. He's still cashing that rat race check. He's still That's cashing true. that Snow Dogs check. I was gonna say oh, Snow yeah. Dogs. Yeah, every time that airs on Disney Plus, he probably gets like twenty bucks. Oh, that was such a good movie. <laughs> Lo- love, love sled dogs. Love dogs. You know, it's super cute. cute. I, I, just, sports. I just love Cuba Gooding Jr. Why yeah. isn't he in a bunch of things? Anymore? Why isn't he running for office? Mm, like Wayne, Wayne Brady made a big comeback. I feel like Cuba has kind of a similar Wayne Brady type energy. Like he could do it too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We're always, people are always talking about how like American politics, like feels like a stage show or like the circus. Everyone's putting on a role. They're just mm-hmm. performing. Why not literally have Cuba Gooding Jr.? put on old age makeup and play Ben Carson running for president again. Yes. Because he died. People never got to vote for him. Just he's like, gone. It'll be funny for forever. <laughs> yeah, he's frozen in time now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is it illegal to run for president under the identity of? I mean, you could be like, technically, I'm on the ballot as Cuba, but know that you're really voting for Ben Carson. I'm going to be nice. full method Ben Carson twenty four seven. I like this win. idea. Let, let's take it even further though, where like all the candidates are people who are not that person running as someone who's either dead or previously ran for president and failed. Mm-hmm. Like there's somebody mm-hmm. like like. Uh, I don't even know. John Hamm shows up and he's Richard Dukakis yeah. for some reason. <laughs> you know, like hello, I'm 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 Dukakis. I'm running for president. <laughs> Bob Dole. Like we could get like mm-hmm. a weird like one of the Baldwins could be Bob Dole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like I I think that would really liven things up because I'm tired of hearing about like this upstart senator from Massachusetts and then it's just the same fucking white guy I've seen like a billion <laughs> times. <laughs> 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 He's wearing the same Brooks Brothers shirt and tie and suit. It's like got the same haircut, the same fucking smarmy affect. Nothing's yeah. different. Let me vote for like gritty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Will Smith in a gritty costume. Right. <laughs> Will Smith in a gritty costume and then Chris Rock as Waluigi. And we get to just hash it out. <laughs> we get to have our yeah. national political moment the way God intended. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, did they was, put Waluigi uh, in the Mario movie? That. No, they didn't. Or I Wario. To say that. No, oh, no Wario, up. no Waluigi. Because uh, I guess those guys only show up in like the more goofy games like Mario Party and Mario Tennis and well, Mario Kart. I mean, here's the thing though, is the Mario movie did like three quarters of a billion dollars and mm-hmm. it's still not released in Japan. Oh, wow. So Shit. it's like that movie is going to make so much money. I think there's going to be about a dozen more Mario movies and about 10 dozen more video game movies. So if you think there's not going to be like a Shrek style mm. banger starring Wario and Waluigi coming in the next oh, yeah. five years, you're sorely mistaken. Why would they only release it outside of Japan and then the Japanese have to wait? I mean, it's, is it like there? it just takes that long to do a Japanese dub? America's number one, baby. We make the mm, movies yeah, here right. and we're, we mm. are, uh, I think, the still the third biggest audience like regional audience that gets distributed to so why wouldn't they just make as much money as they can right off the bat mm-hmm. and then dub it for everybody else and also english is kind of a lingua franca so a lot of people around the world will will order the american version on like dvd 
or whatever and get mm-hmm. it shipped to them to watch it as oh, soon nice. as that's available too. So, you know, who knows, man? I don't know yeah. why studios make the decisions they make. I mean, there's a big writer's strike that's about to happen. I saw a oh, bunch yeah. of different writers, including some people who work on Abbott Elementary, talking about how like streaming services have completely devalued the level of royalties that writers receive and how mm-hmm. you can have your name on like a few huge celebrated award-winning shows and it's like you still don't make enough money for your rent. Yeah. Pretty sure. Get ready stuff. for a bunch of shitty reality television to come out because the writers are on strike. That mm-hmm. always happens. That's I hope so. Because it, and it always eats into the fucking studio profits pretty fucking hard. Here's mm-hmm. people like reality TV, but they like a, a few people like a lot of it and most people like a little bit of it. When it's all that's on, people get pretty upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing is like, uh, though reality TV doesn't have writers per se, there's still a team of like psychologists and like guys dreaming up the various scenarios. I mean, it is all everything, but what they say basically is scripted where they go, <laughs> what they do, mm-hmm. how, what they're wearing. It's all, yeah. And yeah, it's but- all based on psych workups, right? Like we talked about this on an episode a while ago. We see a reality show, especially a really big budget reality show. Like, uh, like, like uh, Master Chef or The Challenge or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, it's not scripted, but they're, they've got a team of like 10 psychoanalysts that have like a 100-page dossier on every contestant. And every situation that they're in, they don't know exactly what they're going to say. And they can fix that in editing later. They can cut them together to make it seem like anything is happening with like music and sound effects and stuff. But they can predict within like a very specific interval what is going to happen when they Mm. put two people with these particular archetypes in this situation together and there's there's another factor as well which is that even when you're not running a reality show when you have a writer's room and you're doing like a sitcom or a drama or something Mm. you know in that kind of vein um there's way too much influence from studio executives in the fucking writer's rooms in the first place that's another thing these writers are complaining about is like executives come in they tell us to change this or that they fuck up all kinds of story continuity Mm -hmm. They force us to do things that don't make any sense. And partly they do it because like, you know, they're rich dickheads who want to be in charge of these projects, even though they don't know what they're doing. But they also do it because the more influence that they have, the more decisions that the studio makes, the less that they, the less writers they have to pay. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening is you have the, the writing for television equivalent of John Deere uh, managers going out onto the factory floor during a strike and crashing tractors into the fucking wall over and over again. And then everybody wonders why TV is is steeply getting shittier. It's like, I, I'll tell you why. Getting Labor shittier. relations. <laughs> it's already pretty bad. I mean, like, yeah. uh, like uh, I have basically stopped watching TV shows now. Like, uh, like basically anything on streaming, I... I'll like look, oh, here, there's a new streaming show. I'll get like 10, 15 minutes in. It's like this is all written by an algorithm or written by committee. It's got an agenda. It's got a message. And it's not entertaining. Like uh, like the early 2000s, I think, was a golden era for TV. Like uh, Arrested Development comes to mind because that was like mm-hmm. very clever writing. And nowadays, I think that like a lot of these shows that come out, um, are they're just finely tuned to hit on the exact cultural touchstones that one specific demographic will mm-hmm. respond to, but they don't really have a message other than like a, they, they definitely have an agenda, 
but they don't really have like a message. They don't really say anything. I think They're your agenda subversive. should be to be a good show with good and interesting <laughs> care. Like that's my other thing. Like I like it when art is political, fine, but like mm-hmm. don't don't do a shitty job <laughs> being political. <laughs> If if you if you don't know how to really say something, just shut the fuck up. Just write an interesting character, and, and that's so like I find myself like instead of watching a couple hours of reality TV, I'll do a double feature of movies. Sure. Movies, not like good movies, movies out there. There's plenty of good movies out there. Uh, I I don't I hate movies. I I have this big you problem hate with movies movie. in general. In, well, compared to television, I love the format of television. It's mm. brilliant, and I really wish that they they would just make mm. good shit for it. Because like at this point, I'm keeping up on my brain dead cartoons that I watch because I'm addicted to cartoons mm-hmm. and <laughs> Barry, which is a good show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm behind on Barry. I haven't watched the last couple seasons. It was good when I was watching it. It's fabulous. I gotta, I Definitely gotta catch up with you on the on the um television is a format a good format point because like television is designed to sell ads whereas like movies are designed like ads are designed movies are a product right Mm -hmm. yeah movies are are a product whereas television is a medium for ad delivery Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i I think i get what john's saying that it's like sometimes you just want to like watch another episode of a show you already know you like and you like know kind of what you're gonna get but not necessarily like once you've bought into like Star Trek The Next Generation or The Sopranos or Breaking Bad, you're like, all right, another episode of the show. If it's as good as the other ones, then I'll have a good time. A movie you have to like jump in and like not know what you're gonna get. And there's so it's movies are so condensed so much of the time because sure, yeah. like they're afraid to either make a three hour movie that has everything mm-hmm. you should put in there in there. And so they can't capture all of like what you get in, say, a book. And I grew up reading a shitload of books. I'm one of sure, those. Yeah people who was a hyper literate kid and then had to force themselves to read again when they were an adult. But growing up on, on, you know, two, three, four, 500 page books, you start to get a taste for a story that like you can think about and digest over the course of like a week or a month or something. And you mm-hmm. just don't get that with a movie. Like you, you sit down for a movie, you eat your popcorn and it's either over before you know it, or it's not over. And you're like, God, when is this going to end? Compared <laughs> to a TV show where it's segmented, it's like the Lacanian short session. It cuts off at a certain <laughs> point and it leaves you in this state of crisis. You're like, well, now I have to digest what I've seen, make my interpretation of what's going to happen next and then you know hopefully get my mind blown by being totally fucking wrong so <laughs> so i i i agree on some points uh i think that you can definitely flesh out a universe better in a movie or in a tv show than a movie uh, i think that a lot like you guys know i like bad movies i talk about bad movies on the spot mm-hmm, all the sure. time um and i'll i'll sit through a bad movie um i'll also like turn off a high budget movie even if like it's good if like the the world feels small or if i feel that there's corners being cut in the story to fit it into like a 90 minute or a two hour like because i don't want to watch like i uh i watched a double feature last night right like i watched two dumb action movies okay uh the mechanic with jason statham great film and very the, enjoyable the very plumber. extremely tight <laughs> 90 no he's a fucking assassin he's an assassin they call him the mechanic it's like one of those things the it's like yeah i do i do wet work. yeah I, I paint houses yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. but then, I, then I the second movie sometimes. i watched was i guess a, a sequel to jack reacher which is like already <laughs> already cia propaganda because it's uh-huh. the the message of it, it it has an agenda it's it's intended to make you believe that there are good guys within the government mm-hmm. working against the bad guys in the government. Jack Reacher reality, too. 
Jack they are Preacher. All, <laughs> they are all bad guys. Jack Reacher uh, round. But basically the entire third act of that Jack Reacher movie, it was like indistinguishable visually and story-wise and cinematography-wise to a fucking episode of 24. Just guys <laughs> sure. running, like bad guys running and chasing a good guy in like the streets and then like a fight scene. And then like and a it ticking looks clock. Like day, it looks like daytime television. Yeah, it yeah. looks like shit. It's there's no artfulness in any of the cinematography and that's what's being and and the Jack Reacher movies I'm pretty sure are pretty big like they're a they're a big money blockbuster propaganda mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, they're, they're, this they're one tailored to the very lucrative stepdad market. And it looks, <laughs> it looks and like it crosses shit. over it into uncles too, like uncles, shit. stepdads, uncles. Yep. Weird. By cousins. comparison, the Jason Statham movie was fucking good. It was it was an enjoyable ninety minutes. But are you sure the, you didn't watch Twelve Monkeys? but the the jack reacher movie like uh it's it's entirely held up by tom cruise's charisma oh it's still tom cruise okay yeah yeah. it's so funny that isn't jack reacher in the book like six seven or something it's like the the hugest miscast yeah yeah he's tiny yeah he's he's like taking on like guys that are like six five and tom (laughs) cruise is like five six the whole time they're like forced perspective gandalfing (laughs) that shit yeah (laughs) yeah yeah huge (laughs) i think i'm pretty sure the uh the actress that he plays opposite as like the love interest is taller than him so every shot where they're in a conversation is shot close up from an angle that makes him look taller (laughs) does he do the tom cruise run the like little wiggly run he does, thing yeah. that he, he always does, does run the big pump at yeah. the movie. I love that. I hate everything he does, man. But that run, I gotta admit, I I see why it's in the movie. You gotta. Have I hate thing. Tom Cruise, but I think yeah. he. But he's good as at what he does. He's uh, a very charming I, I actor. Watch, I'll Look, watch movies with him in it. I don't love Ben Carson, but he's good at what he does. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I don't uh, I don't love uh, I don't love Donald Trump, but mm-hmm. did you, you know say what you will about yeah. him? He can come up with a goddamn nickname. Meatball Ron? Come on. <laughs> it's, it is so over for DeSantis cells. <laughs> Seething DeSantis over Trump chads. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Trump, Trump is Fuming, also going to uh, crash and burn in this fucking election. Like, uh, if, if anything, uh, it's either going to be pre- President Kamala Harris or President Gavin Newsom. Mm. Calling it now. Gavin, I mean, who else Kamala, is going to run for the Republicans? Anyone? Who do they have on the? Gavin docket? Newsom is going to cross the fucking Rubicon and become liberal Caesar. Who is even okay. running? Uh, it's indeterminate at this point. Like, uh, well, I, people are I just saw a list so far. I saw, yeah, I saw a list of all the people who declared. On so there's there's going to the be Hill. more people declaring like down the road. There was a little. So Marianne Williamson is the only Democrat so far. I don't think I don't consider her a real candidate. No, but it's going to be fun having her in the race, right? I think, it I always think is. P- Peter Dow is working for her campaign now. I was seeing on on Twitter, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. He's going to get so wow. mad online. <clears throat> what a weird career that guy has! From like a Hillary diehard to like getting mad at everyone that Bernie didn't let Hillary win, and then he was like, "I just realized that." poor people exist and they should have healthcare and I feel bad for them. And then <laughs> he now started he's like, out as a techno producer. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. And then now he's like, the only way is the light of Marianne Williamson. <laughs> we also got, um, Bobby Kennedy jr. Announced. Oh, he's going to rule. The, so here's the thing. Uh, he won't win. Uh, he doesn't have the voice for it. There's something mm-hmm. wrong with his voice. You ever hear him talk? Mm-hmm. He, he, sound, he sounds like this. He's like, uh, Bobby Kennedy jr. Uh, you know, uh, the fucking, uh, <laughs> 
the, the CIA is is bad, but except for my daughter who's in it, she's good. <laughs> he's also he's also a big anti-vax guy. Like not mm-hmm. just COVID. Like all like he just hates vaccines. He's been all on vaccines. anti-vax tip since before it was cool. Yeah, yeah. He's like a long time, and it's going to be really really weird to see how that plays as a Democrat. Not good, probably. Yeah, but, I wouldn't think so. I mean, we'll see. This is America. Who fucking knows what? Yeah, it is. In the speech that I saw of him, he didn't talk about vaccines. He talked about basically like. uh he was t- just talking about like middle America and uh, working people. And he's, mm-hmm. he's got good messaging. Whoever's writing his messaging is doing mm-hmm. a good job. But Americans uh, are not going to vote for him just based on the voice. I'm calling it now. Mm-hmm. He yeah. can't like, I don't know what he did. If he smoked a lot of cigars in his 20s or something, or if he was like a little league coach who yelled a lot, <laughs> but something is fucked up with his vocal cords and he can't talk. At least have the decency to go Kermit the Frog. I think that's what mm-hmm. one of the only things Jordan Peterson got correct is like, if you have a weird voice, you should just talk like that all the time and like have a weird accent and stuff. But like the Kennedys, they want to look normal. Mm-hmm. They want to look normal and you can't, you can't look normal. Uh, I guess for Republicans, we got Trump. Obviously, this article also mentions Nikki Haley. That's a joke. She no, no chance. Yeah, she'll get two percent uh, of the vote. There's also this guy I've never seen before, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, and then we also have Asa Hutchinson, former Arkansas governor. Uh, Who is that? Some old. Gonna... He looks like he's nearly dead. He's just another nearly dead Republican. Sure. And then the Republicans have a Mike Gravel type. No, they don't. Damn. Um. I yeah, think if if they had like a Mike Gravel type guy that would rule. Oh wait, a guy, well, a guy that just like in his in his announcement speech, he's like, "We're going to finally prosecute the people who did Ruby Ridge <laughs> and, and Waco. Yeah. Those were terrible crimes. And we're no, going to lock her up." They got this guy Asa Hutchinson, who I'm reading about for the first time in my life right now, despite the fact that he was governor of Arkansas. And his whole thing is he's the anti-Trump. Republican, so no. he's going to get the floor is going to get wiped with his old no, ass. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> he's going nowhere. Wow, I didn't know that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is now the governor of Arkansas. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> and then there are also tags at the bottom of the article that list some candidates they didn't actually put in the article. These are the really funny ones. Well, that's oh, the yeah. thing. Chris, Chris Christie because in Arkansas. <laughs> in Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders in, in Arkansas, the governor's race is determined by the most attractive person in Arkansas. Sure. So uh, because Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the most attractive person in Arkansas, they had to elect her. She was a shoe in. Yeah. She yeah, almost yeah. got. She's, she, she's what they call an Arkansas ten. She, <laughs> she led a narrow victory over a rocking chair that was made out of human bones. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the seniors they liked the rocking chair. They were like, it just reminds me of my late husband. I think I want it. To, it has a stately presence. I want in the governor's mansion. It's just dignified. <laughs> <laughs> Men never do this anymore. They never become a, a rocking chair made of bones <laughs> i and then yeah, so i'm just going to read the whole list of tags at the bottom of this the hill article because mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty funny it says uh asa hutchinson biden chris christie donald trump joe biden joe biden marianne williamson nikki haley nikki haley ron DeSantis, ron DeSantis, vivek ramaswamy <laughs> why do they have three of them listed twice <laughs> yeah i was gonna say why is joe biden on there multiple times yeah it's gonna be a fucking just, running twice mess. i uh I am not looking forward to spending a year and a half. What is it? A year and a half until the election. Let's, let's fucking see, see which one of these dipshits on the (laughs) Democrat side. I mean, like, I suppose they kind of have to nominate Biden. He's, Mm -hmm. he has come out and said that he'll run for reelection. So they're either going to have to run him as a shambling corpse or 
ha- have him have an unfortunate accident. Did yeah, you just call say, him a Magic the Gathering card. <laughs> What's that, a shambling corpse? Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that, sure. a, is that a Magic card? Pretty sure. Shambling <laughs> corpse. Or you can say, Chris, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, Joe Biden is always like indignant when people ask if he's gonna run for president. He's always like, Why would you ask that? What do you, What do you think about me? Means I shouldn't run for president. <laughs> Which oh, is no, very no, John, uh, Shambling corpse is a uh, undead zombie type enemy in Final Fantasy Twelve. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, I've never played that game. Never mind then. <laughs> Magic has a couple of cards called Shambling XYZ, but I don't think it, they have a card called Shambling Corpse. Mm. But, you know, you know, those corpses, they love to shamble. They're always doing it. <laughs> Never not. <laughs> I just, sometimes I just be shambling. <laughs> <laughs> On my shamble grind today. Don't even talk to me until I've shambled. <laughs> uh, well, Todd, I would encourage you and all of our listeners to watch or do anything else than thinking about who's going to be the president. <laughs> the president's going matter. to be a shambled up shorty busting it down corpse style. <laughs> <laughs> Get into Star Trek, the Star Trek, the next generation. Try Deep Space Nine if you finish Next Generation. Take up woodworking. I don't know. Learn to sew or paint or something. Yeah, Watch I mean, grass grow. Um, sitting around better. smelling your own farts would be better. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> watching grass grow, uh, lying on the floor, thinking about nothing. That'd be a lot better. All you can hope for is uh, is a break in the managed decline, right? Because that's what we have right now. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the um, article I shared. Uh, the Biden administration put new rules mm. in place for uh, mortgage borrowers. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's basically going to happen is uh, borrowers with high credit scores are going to pay uh, an increased fee. And then that money is going to be used to subsidize lower credit score buyers. The lower credit score buyers are still going to have higher interest rates, but they're going to be subsidized a little bit by higher credit score buyers. When they want to go buy a house and get a mortgage, uh, they're going to have to pay a, a fee alongside all these other fees that you end up paying when you buy a house. Uh, and that that fee subsidizes people with low credit scores, which like credit scores are a lie. It's a sham. Uh, it's all a scam. Uh, but that to me is like that just sounds like the kind of shit that happens uh, right before the housing market. And by extension, the whole economy takes a massive, uh, a colossal, like catastrophic dump on itself um, because like they're incentivizing riskier borrowing. I think everybody should have a home, but the way that mortgages are set up, uh, mortgage brokers and real estate agents, they are greatly financially incentivized to try to sell you on a home, put you in a mortgage that you can't afford and will default on. And the more they are financially incentivized to do this, right? like this new Biden rule is increasing the financial incentive for these uh, these lenders and these real estate agents to to get these people to buy these houses they can't afford. The more that happens, the more likely, the more the closer we get to another big like two thousand eight style crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this seems like the, they're running out of people who actually have good credit and can like responsibly afford to buy a home. Nobody's like, buying th- homes right now. Yeah, it's like those people have bought homes, and then I the am. whole the John is. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. well, you're gonna have to pay a fee. Yeah. But, yeah. but like people well, who are people who are less well off and can't really afford to like take out that kind of loan. It's like the whole the whole financial market is like getting antsy. And it's like we need those people buying homes. too. We need more mortgages. We need more loans. We need more money flowing to turn into financial instruments. So let's incentivize them. Let's make it cheaper. Let's give them deals, whatever. 
Um, yeah, that's that's never a good sign when they're trying to like juice the system by like getting people who shouldn't be taking out loans or buying homes like to do it with minor incentives. Well, yeah, that's the thing is like <clears throat> they want to set it up and be like, well, we're trying to offer more loans to more people who want them. And it's like, well, everybody wants a loan. Nobody wants to be fucking renting. But here's the thing. What did we call them the last time they came around? Predatory loans. So the onus is not on the consumers here at all. The onus is on financial institutions who know full well exactly what they're fucking doing to act right and be more responsible. And it's just like, you know, they're not fucking willing to do it. And I don't know. My my dad has been talking to me about this because he's like, you know, it might be kind of a risky time to buy a house. The market could crash. The value of your house could go down astronomically. And I was like, bitch, I hope it does. Because <laughs> honestly, that's only going to lower the amount of taxes I have to pay on it. Mm-hmm. And I was going to get fucked on the mortgage by the bank no matter what. There's no way to not get fucked by a bank on a mortgage. So we're just going to pay something that we can fucking afford and live in it forever. <laughs> the same strategy <laughs> that I use with my cars, where I buy a car for less than $3,000, and then I drive it for five years or until it is off the road. <laughs> Whatever comes first. Yeah, it is, it's like a weird thing about trying to buy a house that it's like, once you have a place to live, it's like, it doesn't really matter to you how much it's worth until like you decide to move. So mm-hmm. it's like, it could matter in five years, 10 years, or it like could not matter your entire life and you just give it to your kids and then it matters to them how much they can sell it for or whatever. Right. It's not really super relevant if you're planning to live there for a long time. Well, and that was the weird thing about getting into buying a house because a bunch of the houses we looked at, you know, the house we bought is actually pretty rural, but we looked first in some more, you know, urban uh, kind of areas like Muskegon and Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. And especially in Muskegon, we kept finding uh, houses that either had like another smaller house on the property or had like a full upstairs that had its own kitchen and bathroom and everything. Mm. And our real estate agent, who's a very lovely lady, but um, nonetheless was telling us like, hey, you know, if you got this, you could rent out part of it. You could do a little landlording and make a little money on the side. And that's considered like the, the conventional wisdom. Mm-hmm. And everybody was also telling us like, you know, you got to think about this as an investment. You might want to resell it someday. It's probably going to double in value in about 20 years. You could unload on it then. And it's just like, <clears throat> you know, I appreciate that you're basically just like trying to look out for us here. But the thing is, is like, I really don't like trying to uh, think about this as like, you know, as like something I'm going to flip. Like, this isn't a rare magic card. Yeah. You know, this isn't like, um, this isn't like a a collector's item house that I'm holding onto mint inbox so that, (laughs) so that I can make sure that the, the, the value rises over the next 10 years and make a fat profit. Like, this is something that has a real use value to me that I just want to live in forever ideally yeah. and never move again <laughs> yeah that's such a like such a nice thing about being able to like be in a house is it's like you could buy furniture that's nice and hard to move you can like get more stuff you can like organize your stuff you can you, you can like leave for a while and not have to worry about like what am i going to do about like do i like get somebody to take over my my room or like my apartment or something sublet mm-hmm. it it's just like you have a place you live it's all taken care of yeah it is weird that it's like this that this like stage of life or like this this product or commodity that you need or whatever it also comes with all this other stuff that is like if you want to also get into like having a a tiny slice of being in the bourgeoisie then you could like own some land and then rent it out to a peasant to live in if you want to do that that's pretty cool mhm 
Yeah. I mean, it just felt weird. It felt really weird to be like, uh, I'd like a place to live that I, that I'm not throwing money down a well yeah. to live in. And they're like, Oh, you want to join the ownership class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to be a speculative bargainer. You want to learn the art of the deal. And I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. I want this to be my last interaction with the real estate market. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a good transition for this, but uh, did you hear about the Chinese police station supposedly happening I did in New York? Hear about what the fuck is this supposed to be happening? I have not really been able to get a straight answer. Most of the reporting on this has been pretty vague. So the link that mm-hmm. I threw in the notes is a <clears throat> it's actually a Justice Department um, like memorandum. Oh um, yeah, it's like a press press release or something. Yeah, and it says that a complaint was unsealed today in federal court in Brooklyn, New York, charging two defendants in connection with opening and operating an illegal overseas police station located in lower Manhattan, New York, for a provincial branch of the Ministry of Public Security of the People's Republic of China. Harry Liu Jianwang, 61, and Chen Jinping, 59, of Manhattan, these are old men, were arrested earlier this morning at their homes in New York City. And... I read this whole thing and it continues to accuse them. It says things like flagrant violation of our nation's sovereignty. And it is simply outrageous that China's Ministry of Public Security thinks it can get away with establishing a secret illegal police station on U.S. soil. (laughs) And then they don't. They don't really provide any details about the actual evidence in the case. And it says that the defendants deny all of the charges. And I also don't understand what a Chinese police officer would do in New York City. Can't make an arrest. It it seems like there's just the two of them, right? Like, it's, it's supposedly these two, like you said, old Chinese men mm-hmm. are the whole... How, how is that a police station? It sounds like it's two guys hanging out and doing stuff together. <laughs> like, I don't really understand what, like... Because they're, they, they're saying an illegal police station, but it's like... I don't really understand what makes it a police station and what makes it illegal. Uh, yeah. What did these cops just like kick over their chess game in the park? And like, you're <laughs> coming with us. You're operating a secret Chinese police station. <laughs> yeah. So I guess let's talk about what they're accused of. Cause they have like a little, some, some bullet points where it says in 2015 during PRC president Xi Jinping's visit to the United States, Liu participated in counter protests in Washington DC against members of a religion that is forbidden under PRC law. A deputy director of the MPS awarded Lou a plaque for the work he performed on behalf of the PRC government. So, (laughs) went to a protest. Uh, In 2018, Lou was enlisted in efforts to cause a purported PRC fugitive to return to the PRC. The victim reported being repeatedly harassed to return to the PRC, including through threats of violence made to the victim and the victim's family. So, okay. Supposedly, we have threats of violence. I guess technically a crime. Uh, and then we have in 2022, the MPS official sought Lou's assistance in locating an individual living in California who was a pro-democracy activist. So, okay, a, a fascist. Mm-hmm. In turn, Lou enlisted the help of another conspirator. Later, when confronted by the FBI about these conversations, Lou denied they occurred. So he tried to find someone that the Chinese government wanted to talk to. So it's like, went to a protest, tried to find someone, and tried to get a guy to move back to China, possibly under threat of violence, possibly not. Right. That really doesn't sound like anything. Because we don't... Do we have extradition with China? Do we extradite for them? I don't know. I feel like I should know this one. 
Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't think they would do it with us. The U.S. does not um, have an extradition treaty with China, Indonesia, Iran, Mongolia, Russia, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Taiwan, Vietnam, and other nations. Okay. Saudi Arabia? That's weird. Aren't they like a huge ally? We give them billions of dollars of like weapons deals? Yeah, but they also like hiding like world criminals and stuff. And the U.S. is, you know, we're probably <laughs> just like, why don't you just not sign an extradition treaty with us? And sure. We yeah, don't yeah. have to talk uh, about it. We can't get them back. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> So it's interesting. (laughs) We don't have an extradition (laughs) treaty with them. And the Chinese government, you know, are they probably interested in recovering some people who probably did some fairly heinous shit and then fled to the United States? Yeah, I could understand that. Mm -hmm. Does this sound like normal international relations and espionage stuff to me? If it (laughs) is, in fact, true? Yeah, it does. Does it sound like the kind of thing the U.S. and the U.K. routinely pat themselves on the back for being extremely good at doing all over the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every <laughs> single day we do it, and we write fucking books about it and shit. Yeah. Um. We we. It's such a popular theme in our media that Austin Powers was able to do a, a f- top to bottom satire of it that spanned multiple theatrical release movies. <laughs> So there's that. I have the map pulled up from Wikipedia of list of United States extradition treaties. And it once again is same map every time with some extra countries <laughs> sprinkled in. Because you have like Canada and all of South America, it looks like. And then Western Europe and then Australia and like New Zealand and maybe Japan. And then you got a smattering of other stuff like some countries in Africa. And it looks like India and okay. Pakistan or Bangladesh, maybe. Um, but yeah, a big parts of Africa and like most of the continent of like Europe and Asia, it looks like no, no Russia, China, and a lot of other stuff in that, in that region. Okay. So when, when the United States says the international community, it's this map. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much the people who would send a criminal back to us if they tried to run there. Gotcha. Well, note to self, go to Vietnam. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Vietnam sounds nice. It's probably, it really, uh, my wife tells me it's extremely hot there. Mm. But um, I'm cool. I'll figure it out. I'll yeah. go up in the mountains or something. They have mountains. Yeah, yeah for sure. So <laughs> um, as long as we're talking about like weird police related stuff, uh, let's talk about some actual police. Uh, these are in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And this is a sheriff and several other police uh, employees caught on tape talking about killing journalists and activists. And they said things <clears throat> like, uh, quote, I know where two deep holes are dug if you ever need them. And then the sheriff responded, quote, I've got an excavator. <laughs> and then we also heard that Jennings, one of the men accused, also reportedly says he's known two or three hitmen in Louisiana, adding, quote, they're very quiet guys. <laughs> and then <laughs> the, the Associated Press says they couldn't immediately verify the authenticity of the recording. None of the four have returned telephone calls or emails requesting comment. But... The agency in question here uh, (laughs) is actually investigating the source of the audio and they plan to press felony charges. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it also says they were complaining about it. They couldn't hang black people and said they have more rights than we do. Yeah. Just really insane thing to say. And then like the sheriff's department's response to this is it is illegal to record us saying those things Mm. and we intend to prosecute. So (laughs) it's bizarre to me that they're even left with that opportunity. Like if I lived in this community, I can't say on the show that I would just go and... 
Um, I bet another braver person could say it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But this is, uh, this is really worrisome because it's like, you know, we have so much evidence. Maybe I shouldn't even be that worried about it because we already have so much evidence that like cops are in gangs and are Nazis and are like violent. So maybe <laughs> taping them isn't like the right, <laughs> maybe reveal, maybe revealing it to the public isn't like the right strategy. Cause I don't know. I feel like yeah. the, the U S is one of those countries where we could have audio of half of all police offices saying this stuff mm-hmm. and they would still be like, those are some bad apples. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like it, uh, it, it definitely, it, it feels like we're in a long process of like general public opinion turning against police. Like mm-hmm. there's no, they had a lot of goodwill from like TV shows with a completely fictionalized version of like what cops do and like white people only interfacing with cops and friendly scenarios and being like, they seem nice to me. Um, it feels like a lot of that's changing and you know, it's all, it's because of stuff like this, but being able to record police officers doing and saying the things they do every day. And people mm-hmm. are like, wow, those are horrible things to do and say. And they also are terrible people who don't have to care if people know that they're terrible people. They, they can kind of just get offended and act haughty that people would dare to record them and uh, keep doing what they're doing. So yeah, it's sort of like, it's not really going to move the needle on like the amount of power cops have to abuse, but it slowly is moving the needle on like people who can reasonably what's up people who can reasonably like have any kind of respect for any police officer. Um, mm-hmm. But then I don't know at what point does like a mass level of disrespect bleed over into, you know, more, more direct action. So we say more uh, yeah, direct. I, what are we talking about? Respecting cops. Mm-hmm. The only <laughs> cop no that I respect it. is the sheriff from the movie Smokey and the Bandit. He's so <laughs> darn funny. He's zany. Yeah. If, if only cops were zany instead of deadly. If only they, they carried water pistols and had big red noses, they could honk. <laughs> if only they were clowns. They say picture the audience in your underwear. I picture cops in clown costumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it easier to uh, say d- do something that I can't say on spot. Makes me feel better about Serious Sam. <laughs> <laughs> in GTA, everybody. In yeah. GTA. Playing Grand Theft Auto. Just playing Grand Theft Auto. But yeah, the cops can get caught on tape uh, saying they're going to kill you and uh, you can end up in jail for that, which is pretty fucking interesting. Uh, but let's move to something that's actually funny. You guys want to hear a pretty funny one? The world's largest banknote producer mm-hmm. is complaining that it's no longer profitable to print banknotes. <laughs> what? Even printing money is getting fucked up by inflation? Yeah. They wow. are rude. What, are ta- what are they talking about? The whole point of printing banknotes, it, it, like it's a private printing uh, company. Yeah, they are the world's largest printing company. Period, and they specialize okay. in legal tender for okay. national this is, governments. This is this is this smell. This stinks to fucking high heaven. This is <laughs> some stupid bullshit <laughs> for so many reasons. All right, first off. The whole point of printing money is it's something that the government does and they do it to devalue and inflate the currencies to make you poor. So if they're contracting it out to a third party, to a uh, private sector uh, banknote manufacturer, they're already like uh, they've already been like corruption has has already you know, ruined their profit oh, yeah. margin on that because the whole point but, is but, the government prints money 
to to make money by devaluing their debts. Well, here's right? the thing: you you might think this monopoly is like a recent development, but it's not. This is standard British Empire shit. Like we mm-hmm. print our own money here in the United States, mm-hmm. and I think Canada does too. But 140 different countries order their money from England. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's amazing. I guess That's it makes insane, sense. Yeah. Like, what else would happen but this fucking, like, <laughs> this fucking decaying, rotting empire is just like, we have the, the, the monopoly on banknotes for all of the continent. <laughs> the, other, the other reason this stinks to high heaven is we've talked on this podcast before about uh, central bank digital currencies and this, uh, this like, cash cash being uh, pushed out and lots of media op-eds and media narratives about how uh, cash is bad uh, because it you can pay for illegal goods and services with it mm-hmm. and uh, like because you can dodge taxes by using cash. Similar narratives about like Bitcoin and stuff, but uh, you know, a lot more stupid shit happens with Bitcoin. Yeah, I can um, actually hold cash. I this, like cash. <laughs> a banknote printing company saying that it's no longer profitable for them to literally print money <laughs> is what that what that smells like to me is like we already know the UK is even hotter on the central bank digital currency thing than the US is. Mm-hmm. And and like the U.S. is your- is not far behind. Uh, I encourage you guys to look up something called Fed Now, which mm-hmm. is uh, pretty alarming. You guys are familiar with the whole reason like central bank digital currencies are going to be bad. It's basically like uh, government issued Bitcoin that they can turn off at any moment. So if you if you buy the wrong product, if you buy drugs, or if you uh, you know pay. <laughs> you know, an employee off the books, uh, or if you, if you're a, if, if you're a, um, not a citizen and you receive money and it's like, they want to shut you off because you're a quote unquote illegal immigrant, or if you donate to the wrong political candidate or the wrong political cause, they can literally take your money and prevent you from, from having access to your money. Like that's why they, uh, the elites and the powers that be are salivating at the thought of implementing a central bank digital currency in every it's, country in the world. It, it's money as a service. Yeah, mm. exactly. They're saying they're saying we'd like you to subscribe to having money, which is uh, you a know centralized. That feels kind of inevitable with the way things have been going. It, I, I don't know. This this doesn't worry me so much because I feel like it's a symptom of what's already just been happening. But it is kind of funny that. Uh, apparently, there was a huge boom in demand during the pandemic. Uh, Central yeah. banks around the world were <laughs> like, we need to order tons of fucking money, stat. And now they're just, quote unquote, working through stockpiles. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> I don't understand how you could be the world's largest printer and be like, there's no way we could have planned for this. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to print anymore. That's the problem. These lazy yeah. millennials want to just send it as a fucking emailed PDF instead of printing it out. Well, when the money printer was on and flowing and the mass transfer of wealth from the working and middle class to the wealthy was going on and the money printing facilitating that, uh, things were good. Things were good for the money printing companies. Uh, central banks were just fucking issuing, issuing notes, doing, uh, you know, bailouts and PPP loans that all got forgiven to fake shell corporations and rich people were getting richer by doing these scams 
And now that it's uh, now and, and quantitative easing was going on now that it's time to pay the piper. Inflation is happening because the currency was devalued. Uh, quantitative tightening is going on. And what happens when quantitative tightening goes on? Money printing slows down drastically. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, money's still being printed, especially for like clandestine uh, security state and NATSEC purposes. But it's being printed at a rate drastically lower than it was. And on top of that, you have uh, like the... Um, I lost my train of thought. You could you could say that the value of a dollar is going up in smoke. And that you <laughs> no, may sorry, as wait. well just roll in smoke your banknotes. <laughs> oh yeah. And on top of that, you have to continue with quantitative tightening and mm. money printer's not going to turn back on, which like I I think money printer turning on is probably bad in general because it just kicks the can down the road. Like in order for the economy to correct and to shake out a lot of these over leveraged players that have been doing heinous shit, really bad things have to happen. It basically puts us in a no win scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Like if money printer turns back on, we go back to quantitative easing. Yeah. The economy booms for a little bit. And then we go into like hyperinflation that makes Weimar and Zimbabwe look like a walk in the park. And then if, uh, if we keep going with quantitative tight- tightening, we get a recession, we get stag- stagnation uh, rather than stagflation, which I guess is somewhat better in the long term, but it's really painful for the working and middle classes in the short term. So we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. And, and you can thank uh, corrupt politicians that did these money printing programs. And once again, we always say this, not the ones where it was like, you got a $1,200 check. We're talking about like, you know, the, the fucking like millionaires that live down the street uh, who have like a fake shell small business got a $300,000 PPP loan for free. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want to fight back, you can't unless you have a <laughs> communist party or something. Uh, get me one of those. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, my question is, can I order banknotes? Can I be like, I'd like to print some John books. <laughs> you can order decommissioned banknotes and like Iraqi dinars. Yeah, I don't want dinars. I want John books. <laughs> I want a little portrait of me on there. And I want it to be worth what I fucking say it's worth. Hey, you know, there's a, there's you a website that lets you print your own playing cards. So like if you came up with a cool new board game and you needed cards for it, and you had uh, you just put together your JPEGs and stuff and send them to them, and they'll print it on like actual playing, like trading card stock. That's pretty so I'm cool. sure there's a place it might it might be harder to find than a, than a playing card company, but uh, I'm sure you could print your own fake Monopoly money. Mm-hmm. I want to press a coin. <laughs> I, I want to mint a huge coin. <laughs> then you just need a crucible, dude. My 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 fake ass country is gonna have the coolest money in the world, <laughs> and we're just gonna roll with that. We're gonna be like, does your country's money look this fucking badass? I just cut myself on a John Quarter. <laughs> you should uh, make the coins out of those like machines where you put in a penny and then roll it, and then it like stamps it into a commemorative flattened penny. <laughs> I always liked those when I was a kid. You should have the money be that. Those are fucking awesome. You're cool. right. They should all be smashed commemorative coins in weird oval shapes. Yeah. <laughs> a crescent oval of money. <laughs> trying to buy something with a weird mix of like smushed pennies and dimes and nickels and stuff. Yeah, like and it's puka like puka shells and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. 
Well, and something that you'd be able to buy with that in my fake ass country is rolling papers. But uh, I have bad news for people who've been on the raw rolling papers kick for a long time. Apparently, they got into a dust up with another major rolling papers company, OCB, that you may have heard of. And they were talking shit about each other, I believe, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And OCB decided to do an, an investigation into the marketing claims of raw papers, such as that they are better for you and that they are all natural and organic. And it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, advertisements are fucking lies. <laughs> Even when they're about your favorite weed product. Oh, shit. What's, what's wrong with the raw papers? Yeah, what's They're the fine. Line? They're normal papers is the main thing that you can take away from oh, this. If so you like them, healthier. they are not healthier. They are not organic. They are made out of the same normal rolling paper material that most cigarette and marijuana rolling papers are made. When I was rolling a lot of joints, I never used... Uh, uh, raw. I always used easy widers because easy widers. Roll, you nice. could roll some fucked up shit. Like you could roll cross joints with these, yes. like because it's just mm. more paper. Nice, nice. It's, it's the construction paper with. of rolling papers. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could roll some fun ass shit. Getting out my easy widers and my corrugated scissors to make interesting shapes. In the <laughs> <side>. <laughs> Having craft time with your weed. Oh, that rules. Oh, I would totally do that. That would be a fun thing to do on like YouTube or something. But yeah. So in addition. The Republic Brands, the Illinois-based distributor of rolling papers such as OCB and Easy Wider, obtained a permanent injunction in a federal lawsuit against HBI, the parent company of Raw Papers. Mm-hmm. During the trial, Raw, Raw's previous statements that OCB organic hemp papers are knockoffs or, quote, Rawnabees of Raw Rolling Papers and Kesselman's claims that Raw organic hemp rolling papers were the, first, were the world's first and only organic hemp rolling papers came to light. So because of this injunction... Raw and its parent company are no longer allowed to advertise based on any of these claims. And I'm not sure if that means they're going to have to like recall existing product or what, but it'll be pretty interesting to find out. That's wild. Cause yeah. I know a lot of people use raw, like the cones and stuff like that. Yeah. My pair, both, both sets of my parents are like, you gotta get the raw, <laughs> you gotta get the raw. And I can't wait to tell them how fucking wrong they are and pull up articles on the internet, and show them pictures right in their face. of them. Oh, that's being another stupid. thing that you can get custom printed is rolling papers. Yeah. Most people, they get, they get rolling printers, print papers printed for their company and they only get, it's only the first sheet, like the protective sheet that you remove to start the pack of rolling papers. Mm-hmm. Where are the rolling paper printing companies that print stuff on the actual papers? That's what I want to see. Yeah. I want to be able to get one where every time I pull out a sheet, Waluigi advances a frame doing his <laughs> iconic rose animation. <laughs> do they do they make ink that would be safe to smoke, I wonder? It seems highly suspicious that someone oh yeah like, you ever done yeah, those please, uh, please papers that are flavored rolling papers Mm-mm. oh yeah and they'll have like little pictures of strawberries yeah. or something mm-hmm. paneled okay. across them yeah you get artificial flavor and artificial inks that's some good shit all yeah. that good shit going into your lungs i mean i know people who put like they just put like lavender or whatever else in their joints sometimes you can smoke lavender it's fine sounds pretty good yeah it's not bad for you it's that not good for dope. you but it's not like too bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do that with cocaine <laughs> I do, yeah. It's not bad for you. They haven't it's actually proven it at all. I, I like to put a little honey in my dimethyltryptamine. It's quite mm-hmm. good. <laughs> <laughs> Takes it over the top. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, um, what else is worth talking about? Uh, y'all see the documents leak in that Minecraft server? It wasn't mm-hmm. worth under this time. Yeah, I read some shit about that. That was pretty yeah. funny. I didn't actually like read the specific documents uh, oh, themselves. The yeah, it's just like. <laughs> 
troop movement in the U- in Ukraine and like the U.S.'s involvement in the war or whatever, right? Yeah, the funny part is that it happened in a Minecraft server called yeah, the Thug Bricks, Shaker the Central. Countries are going to yeah. come in and negotiate that, and the U.S. is going to look like fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what else well, is new? There was also some like um, article I saw recently that was talking about how Secretary Blinken, I believe, and the head of the CIA, Bill, is that Bill Burns? Mm. Bill Burr. Hey, everybody! I'm the head of the CIA! They made me the fucking head of the CIA for some fucking reason. (laughs) I'm here at Red Rocks. Lovely place. I didn't sleep at all last night. I was on the phone with Zelensky. (laughs) Hey, Gigi Pig, why you gotta be such an asshole? (laughs) Why are you breaking my balls? Why are why why am I always seeing him and Michael Rappaport show up and stuff to just like yell for a minute and then I like, I, lo- I, I, I I'm sorry I love the Bill Burr cameos I he's I, great. I, I genuinely like he's such a fucking boomer Gen Xer he's so funny like, he is that guy he's Gen X Gen, uh, Carlin basically yeah, yeah. He, he is that generation when he does a cameo I like it for it's worse. fun it's fun he's yeah. a he's, he's a good job he does does Very that funny job guy. yeah. I don't know. I wish I, I used to like cameos, but now Matt Barry is in everything. Kind of takes the fun out of it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Matt Barry, Matt from uh, what we do in the shadows and like a million other things. The Mighty oh, that guy's funny from too. Way oh, back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that guy's funny. He's hilarious. I love him, but it used to be a treat when he showed up. It was like, uh, yeah, when yeah. Kristen Shaw would show up in something before Bob's burgers, that was mm-hmm. a treat. Yeah. Now it's just, yeah, she's super fucking famous, mm-hmm. you know? God, imagine being like, uh, if I was, if I ever got into Hollywood, I would want to be that actor that like cameos and everything, but like, there's nothing really notable that they do. It's just, they did, they just do cameos. Like you're that's just there. their thing. Yeah. That's yeah. such an awesome gig. You just kind of like roll up to set, shoot for like two days. You're there in the movie. People are like, Hey, it's that guy again. You collect don't have checks. to be a recurring character. You just do it again. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. You work like 20 days a year. Oh, it's pretty crazy. The, dream. the kind of shit people can get away without in Hollywood. All right. Well, as long as we're just hashing out our favorite guys from the silver screen, we should probably call it a day. <laughs> so, uh, thank you all so much for listening to Beep Beep Lettuce. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon for more episodes. Check out my other show, Work Stoppage. Check out Bryn's other show, Generation Loss. Check out Todd's shop, Doomer.shop. And as always, we love you. Stay high. Goodbye. Goodbye.
And now can everybody just fuck off please?